Hello, I'm Shreya Patel, the co-founder of Letters Against Isolation. Letters Against Isolation is a volunteer organization that has written over 70,000 letters to senior citizens around the US, Canada, Australia, and the UK. We understand that right now, many senior citizens are very isolated because of the pandemic, and we're trying to spread some joy and love to them. I am loving, 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 loving what you are doing. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing very well, Jody. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Um, you know what? I, you have a whole entire other career and I go and I saw this and I was just like blown away. But um, so I want to, I, I want to dig deep into this, but I want everyone to understand who you are. So we want to know your story. Who are you? Where did you come from? Um, you're just let's just like start at the very beginning okay so as you can probably tell I'm not from this country I'm from England uh, I grew up there and when I was 13 years old I moved to California and that was a huge difference in culture I went to a 400 years old girls school in the UK that barely used computers and then here I was in California with an iPad um, in this world full of technology and I loved it um, so throughout high school and in the beginning of college um, I got really involved in technology and hackathons in, in product development, and I realized it was what I wanted to do with my life. So after graduating high school, I took a year out to, to work and figure out what I really wanted out of my career. During that time, I worked in product, um, going from an intern at a small ed tech firm to a full-time associate product manager at a fintech firm. But when the market crashed, uh, I had to figure out what else to do with my time. And I realized that I really wanted to do something that would help my community during during the pandemic and, and make an impact. Oh, we're going to slow it down. You just gave me so much information. I go, I, I think that everyone just like rushes through their lives and then they go right to their career. So I want to mm -hmm. rewind a little bit, a little bit more. So born yeah. in the UK, where in the UK? London. Okay. So you were in London. And so like 400, a 400 year old school, what school was it? James Allen's Girls School. Um, I might say that that's a bit personal. <laughs> um, so, so in regards to, um, all right, so we won't like go dig deep into that one, but when you are transferring from, like you're 13 years old, your informative years, mm -hmm. you are leaving one country to go to another one. Um, what was the biggest, um, what was the biggest obstacle for you when you're like going from the UK and very traditional, um, mm -hmm. uh, and then you're coming to the, not only you're coming to the U.S., but you're going to California. Like, I mean, surfers, the whole entire fun, the Silicon Valley. I mean, you're the, the abundance of the U.S. is there. And so what was it like for you being a 13-year-old? And I go, what were the obstacles and what were the, like, oh, my God, this is the best day of my life moments? Mm -hmm. So I went to an all-girls school and I hadn't interacted with a boy in maybe 10 years. So going to a mixed school and like meeting guys for the first time was absolutely crazy. <laughs> um, I was just like, that's one of the things where a lot of people that, a lot of females that go to all girls school, I mean, you're very focused on your education, which is like, it's amazing thing. And not mm -hmm. you're not focused in a, in a um, uh, cross-cultured school, but more so um, a gender, a cross-gender school, I should say. But more so, um, how was it in regards of, the, the culture, the food, the people, the learning, you know, like it's, in, in the UK, it's very, very strict. So mm -hmm. the boys was one thing, but the education, I mean, like, how did you navigate yourself? I mean, how did you find your way? Mm -hmm. Definitely. So you're right. In the UK, it's a lot stricter. 
Um, and I think that structure does have value, but I remember some really silly rules. Like every time a teacher came into a room, whether it was just to grab a piece of paper or, or to have a conversation with us, you'd have to stand up. And I always thought that was so silly. I know it's a sign of respect, but it would just disrupt class for a good few minutes. Um, so I really appreciated the relationships we were able to build with our, our superiors, with adults and teachers that is possible in, in the US. Um, I think there's also a lot of culture um, that supports innovation and speaking your mind. Um, I think that's less uh, prevalent in the UK. And so when I went to, to middle school in California, um, I was able to get involved in like technology clubs where you would kind of sit and you'd talk about interesting ideas and, and you'd work on making them reality. And then the school actually had the facilities and the know-how to like teach you how to code and how to like use hardware. And that was just so exciting to me. You are in Silicon Valley. I mean, everyone knows that that, I mean, like that was like, um, I, I mean, I shouldn't say like, I live in Massachusetts and I go and, and we are in full competition with Silicon Valley because we have the education, et cetera, but it's Silicon Valley. Everyone knows globally that the world of technology starts there. And so how did that allow you to grow your skill sets while you're in, I mean, you're in school there now, you are like getting into, into technology. Um, what did Silicon Valley, what did Cal, being in California do for you in regards of elevating that love? Um, actually, I, I hope I say love, I, that love or like of technology. So I was actually in Southern California. So I was a bit outside of Silicon Valley. But I think it just introduced technology as a possibility for me. Um, like in the UK, not many of my friends, none of my friends actually studied computer science to any degree in high school. But that was an option for me. Um, and I know that in the UK, I just wouldn't have become a computer scientist. I wouldn't have, have found this love of technology and I wouldn't be part of um, the team making these new um, inventions that are really going to be driving uh, growth in the future. Um, and that is a function of me moving to the States. When you're, when we talk about technology, what is the one, what is the, the piece of technology that you focus on the most? Mm -hmm. um, right now I'm pretty early in my career. So I'm trying to be pretty broad and, and get a very wide overview of, of computer science, mm -hmm. but I'm getting degrees in business and computer science right now. And I really want to focus my education on artificial intelligence and machine learning because that is the future. Beautiful. So now um, pandemic starts, um, mm -hmm. March, we get, uh, look, we, in March, we start getting little ripples of like, actually in February, we start getting ripples of like something's going wrong, going on. Um, each country is getting their own little, like little ripple. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden in March, we're, we're starting to shut down. Countries are starting to shut down. People have never done this before. People never thought we could do this before, um, that we could isolate. And mm -hmm. it starts getting worse and worse and worse and worse where like it's locked down like globally. Um, you decide to create a, a wonderful, wonderful um, um, initiative. Tell us what it is. Why did you do it? Who's doing it with you? How does it work? Of course. So back in March, um, I was at home. Um, you know, I couldn't travel. I couldn't work anymore. So I was just trying to figure out what to do with myself. And over this time, um, I was calling my grandmother every day. She lives in the UK on her own and she was self-isolating because she's immunocompromised. And my sister and I kind of, you know, we did this every single day uh, because we love her and we wanted to make sure that she was happy and, and staying sane. Um, but despite us being there as a support system, we could still see that she was getting very lonely. 
Uh, and I remember one day she received a card from one of her friends and it was handmade. It had this beautiful rainbow drawn on the front of it. And you should just have seen her face. She had the biggest smile on. Um, and I think for about a week straight, she showed us this card on FaceTime. And we were like, this is, this is something that was really meaningful to her. And maybe there's a way to spread the same kind of love and affection and joy in our own community. So my sister and I thought this would only be a small project for the two of us. We reached out to a few local nursing homes and were like, hey, can we write to your, your residents? And we, you know, we thought they'd be very, very busy and they wouldn't respond to us. But within a week, 200 people were waiting for letters. And so we realized, okay, we can't quite do this on our own. We need some help. So we turned to the internet, we turned to forums and, and posts and our friends to try and recruit volunteers and, and figure this out. And it just, it grew beyond our wildest dreams. Um, it is heartbreaking. I mean, it, it truly is heartbreaking when we are seeing um, so many individuals that can't be with their families right now. It, it's, it's, it's devastating. Like my grandmother died. I took care of my grandmother for 21 years and she died five years ago at the age of 95 and she had home health care workers in her home. And I, I would be devastated. I mean, it literally, I feel that pain for everyone because I was with her all the time. And just to know that I couldn't be, it would, I, it would break me. Um, what have these letters done for these individuals and how have, are you communicating with their families as well? I mean, you're, you're getting these volunteers and you're getting volunteers from everywhere. How are you communicating with the families? Are you communicating with the families? What is the response of the letters? And um, in regards to how many more, I mean, how many letters have you sent over? Or like during, I mean, from the time that you started to now, how many letters have you sent? Yeah, so let me break that apart. The first thing is my heart goes out to you. My grandparents are some of the most important people in my life and it's very difficult not being able to see them. And I think many, many people across the world are also feeling that way right now. Um, but seeing your loneliness and isolation, it's not a problem that um, sprouted up during the pandemic. It's been around for a very long time and it will be around for a lot longer. And so I think this, this, um, this really difficult time has made us aware of this. And I think it's made people more empathetic as well. And they're more willing to help. Um, are we involved with people's families? Um, not directly, but we've gotten some really lovely emails and letters from people's families who whose parents received these letters and, and really, you know, were touched by them. I know that one of our volunteers, a very sweet man called Tim, received a letter from one of the people he writes to, um, daughter, and she was saying, you know, this is who my father is. Uh, he is a veteran, he was a journalist and he can't write anymore, but I can, so let me tell you his story. And I thought that was beautiful that like this man was still able to be connected to others and to feel that that joy and that connection during a time where that's very difficult. Um, so we've been running for almost seven months now and we've written over 70,000 letters to tens of thousands of senior citizens in four countries. Where does this, I mean, where does this organization go from here? I mean, it's seven months, does it, will it, I mean, you just said it where um, loneliness for um, our, our aging is not going, it's not going away, mm -hmm. it's not going away. And so where does this go from now? Like this was an idea that you started with your grandmother, um, but you're involved in your, in you have your, you have your career. What do you do now? How does this like continue to evolve? Yeah. So my sister and I, 
we were not in school when this started, so we could dedicate our whole selves to this, but that's not the case anymore. I'm a freshman in college. She's a junior in high school. They're busy times, both of us, but we've worked on building a team um, around us. And we have a group of, I think, five retirees who are just incredible. A uh, big shout out to our volunteer coordinators, but they help us with emails. They help us make dis- big decisions. We'll meet once a month and talk. Um, and so that's like the support we need to keep things ticking over. But beyond that, we still want to grow and we still want to broaden our reach. So the most exciting thing we've done recently is launch a partnership with Nextdoor. Uh, so I remember I went to see the CEO of Nextdoor speak on a little Zoom panel. And she mentioned that she was looking for uh, individuals looking to fight isolation in their neighborhoods. And I thought, I'm an individual trying to fight isolation in my neighborhood. Um, so, you know, I did some Googling and I found her email address and I emailed her and said, hello, Sarah, uh, this is what I'm doing. And so she connected us with our PR, with her PR team and we've been working together since then. Um, but through that partnership, we've recruited 2000 new volunteers and that's incredible. Uh, we've really been able to like increase our output. We've expanded into a few new countries. Uh, and so we want to keep on growing and keep on engaging our volunteer base. Uh, we've built a community, which is which is very important to us. And I think people feel feel that connection as volunteers and not just as the people receiving letters. Uh, so you mentioned, uh, so you're in the States, you're in Canada, you're in Australia. Where else are you? In the UK, in, in UK. Australia. Um, sorry, of course, <laughs> the UK. Um, where else would you like to be? Um, and where do you see the future as in, like, you, I, I see how you're growing, but where do you see the future of this, like, this um, going? Because um, we need more ways of getting this country back together. Um, and we need more ways to keep the knowledge and the legacy of a lot of our aging alive and well. And mm-hmm. to understand, like, I lived an entire life. I do matter. Um, and yet this is a great way to actually, like, start creating another form of communications, but also for them to start sharing a lot of their stories. So where do you see, or where do, where would you like to envision this for the next like, year, three years, five years? Okay. Hmm. Big, that's a, that's a big question. question. <laughs> now I may not have a one, three, five year plan, but here is what I would like to see happen. I think we can't really expand internationally due to the fact that most of our volunteers are English speaking. And I think most of their letters are also written in English. So I would focus on expanding our reach in the countries that we do write to. Beyond that, uh, during the pandemic, it was difficult for many people to write back because they couldn't get to post offices. Um, I would love to expand the ability to like, have legitimate pen pals and have uh, our senior citizens able to tell their stories and make um, more, more deep and rich connections with our volunteers. As well as that, I think it's really valuable to to continue to engage our volunteer community. And as uh, you know, meetings restrictions are lifted, I would love to meet some of them in person. I think all of this has been done virtually, which is incredible, but I've only ever met them over Zoom. And so it'd be very exciting to have that community come to life in, in the, the physical world. I think that this is one of the things that um, people will hear and wonder, like I go, wow, is this something that I could do too? So. Um, what would you say to someone that is at home right now, they're having a, they ha- they, there's a pain point in their life, whatever the pain point may be, um, and they're just not knowing how to start. 
So can you sit there and talk about like, what, would, what advice would you give to anyone um, at any age of, I have an idea, I want to do something, I don't know where, I don't know how I should get the ball rolling. What would you say to that person? Mm -hmm. I would say, just get started. Just do something, like make the first step. Because I think there's always a temptation when business, like sit down and have everything planned out and know exactly what you're doing before you, you even start moving but like send that first email reach out to that first person talk to someone because like once the ball's rolling it doesn't stop it goes and goes and goes and goes but the scariest thing to do is to make that first step um I remember with Letters Against Isolation it was less than a day before it went from like an idea in my head to that first email to a to a nursing home uh, near me and I think if I'd sat down and like planned everything and like had all my systems ready um, one, those systems probably wouldn't have worked when things actually got moving. And two, I probably would have waited too long and I wouldn't have captured that moment the way I was able to. I, I think that's one of the things that you, um, you mentioned at the beginning where the, about the community, building the community. So you're the, fir your first year in college, um, and you are, you have a lot of volunteers that are of all ages. And so as a young person, how were you able to get the attention of the individuals that are all ages to support you? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. So I think the big thing was during that time, everyone was at home and everyone was watching the news and everyone saw just the really disheartening and upsetting things that were being said about coronavirus. And they were all true, but I think everyone wanted to help. And it's very difficult in a time where you can't leave your house to help others and to do something for someone else. And so we were addressing a need in volunteers as well. And so we only could use the internet. So we posted everywhere. We found forums that catered to high schoolers who were looking for their community service hours. We posted on Reddit. We posted on government sponsored volunteer sites. Um, we wrote a blog. We did as much as we could to, to engage people. And once we found them, we asked them to ask their friends and family to get involved because it was a low commitment thing, which didn't require a big financial stake, people were more than happy to get their workplaces and their peers and their, their Cub Scouts groups to, to join in and start writing. How long are these letters? I mean, so you're like, you have all these volunteers from all over and everyone wants to help and everyone wants to support. How long are the letters and are they difficult for individuals to read? Because I mean, although it is written in, in English, I mean, these are individuals that are aging poor eyesight, um, they like, I mean, like they just like, uh, someone's handwriting could be um, very hard to read. So are there criteria of the length and are there criteria of um, the style of like how they're supposed to write? Yeah, so we don't really give criteria about how long the letter should be. Some people's are pages and pages, some people's are a lot shorter, um, but I think that caters to like different, different wants. Um, the thing about the size of writing and legibility is something we've thought a lot about. We've talked to our contacts in, in homes that we serve and many of them read letters to, to senior citizens who are hard of sight. Um, but as well as that, some of our volunteers can't handwrite letters anymore. They're, they're aging themselves. So their type letters are also incredibly valuable because they're easier to read. Beautiful, I, I, I absolutely love this idea um, and the concept. Um, so I, I asked you in regards of what would you say to someone that is looking or thinking about doing an idea um, I didn't, I, I don't think I got the answer in regards of what was the 
amazing part of this or what was that and what was the hardest part of this mm -hmm. um the amazing part of this was like just the volunteer support we didn't expect anyone to join us in writing letters but so many people did and like i look at the facebook group every day and people are posting pictures of their cards or they're answering each other's questions or they're like signing up to come meet each other on our, our monthly zoom party and it's just wonderful that we've built such a wonderful community. I mean, I wouldn't know any of these people under any other circumstance. And it makes me so happy how they've come together to help help others. Um, the hardest thing, scaling so fast. We blitz scaled. One week we'd have um, 200 extra volunteers that we didn't know what to do with. The next we'd have like, I remember one week we had 700 seniors who like suddenly appeared in our system because we were calling state governments and asking them if we could do anything with them. And I remember looking at Safra and my sister and thinking, how are we going to get 700 letters next week? Um, <laughs> on top of all the other letters we've already committed to write. Um, and just figuring out all that stuff on the fly, you know, I'm 19, I, I have never done something like this before. So you just have to figure it all out um, there and then. And, and, and you figured it out. Um, yeah. I mean, you figured out in regards of like how to get the letters done, completed, and ready to go. Um, how many letters do you put out weekly? Because um, like I mean, you, you mentioned how many letters that you've done so far, but how many uh, letters are going out weekly? Um, and are you still getting, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're still getting a lot of requests. Yeah, so um, we're in school now. So we've kind of moved to a two-week cycle. But I think on average, we're getting about 6,000 letters every two weeks going out from our volunteers. Um, requests, we're no longer reaching out to, to nursing homes and care facilities uh, that our volunteers haven't asked us to, just because school comes first and it's a big commitment. Um, but we still do have like a care for homes form on our website. And so every two weeks we'll get four or five new ones. And so figuring out how to like motivate our volunteers and, and, and meet new people and ask them to write more letters is, is exciting and also a challenge. Oh my goodness, I, I, I'm just like so happy that you have this going. I mean, this is like such a, a well-needed um, uh, initiative. Do you ever anticipate scaling into another realm as in like a, if, if someone hears about this, what about children? Um, would you ever think about creating a, another platform similar to this, but for children that are in hospitals or in foster homes or things like that? Mm -hmm. Um, so I've had my, my seven weeks of intro business classes. Um, I think we found our niche. Like, I think we figured out like, you know, we thrive in this space and while the model could go somewhere else, I would like to really deepen our focus and, and, you know, even work towards legitimacy and becoming a nonprofit. And I think that process is, is labor intensive, um, enough that, uh, scaling into different spaces is probably not something we're going to be doing in the short term. I commend you for that because so many times people want to go so many different directions and to know very clearly at such a young age in such a young age, but also a young, the young, um, the age of your company to know mm -hmm. that this is our sweet spot I go and not knowing, not wanting to go any, any, any um, in another direction is so smart and so commendable. Um, so my last question to you is if you had an ask to anyone that is listening, a personal ask and a professional ask, what would be your ask for anyone that is learning about you right now, learning about your young company and learning about all the wonderful things that you've been doing for our aging community? Mm -hmm. So my professional ask would be um, marketing. 
I think it's something that my sister and I don't know as much about. And I think as we expand and as we, we broaden our reach, it's something that we need to know how to do a lot better. So I would ask if you have experienced marketing, um, especially in the nonprofit world, I'd love to speak to you and understand like how, how you think about this space. Um, on the more personal note, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. So if you're, um, if you love your career, if you love your job and you have 15 minutes, I would love just to talk to you about what you do and how you figured that out. Oh, Madame Patel, you are beautiful. You are just beautiful. I mean, like you, like literally you and your sister, round of applause, round of applause for doing something so great. I mean, I, I'm, thank you very much for taking time out of your day because I know you, are, um, you have your studies, you have, you're just busy, you're very busy. And I just, I appreciate that you, you woke up early. Um, mm -hmm. I like do all these, like um, uh, these conversations during the, during the Friday, a fri on a Friday. And I love the fact that you just took the time just to pause nice and early, just to tell your story and just share this amazing, amazing, amazing um, uh, uh, company because we need more of yous, all right? We need more of you and your sister around. Um, it will make the, the world better and you're bringing the world together in so many different levels. So thank you so very much. That's very kind, Jody. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It was a real pleasure to be here. You're very welcome. Talk to you soon. And oh, when, when I, when I, um, in, uh, I was saying at the end of the year, but we're like close to the end of the year. Um, so the, the start of the new year, I'm going to actually start bringing people back to find out how everything evolved for you. Um, as the pandemic is going to be around for a little bit longer, um, we don't know how long, but as you mentioned, what you're doing is not just like a for the for today, it's for a very long term. So I want to definitely see um, how you're doing and then continue to support you in every single way. Thank you very much, Jody. That sounds exciting. All right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.